This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Starting a brand new series and here is what we are asking uh, and praying for, that we would have the heart of Uh, of God for the whole world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that we would take the gospel to the nations of the earth. And we've never done a mission series uh, like this uh, at our church, but for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on global missions. And our prayer is that those in our church family, our hearts will grow and we will have the eyes of God. We'll see the world through the eyes of God and not through, um, Our cable news networks, can I get an amen on that? We want the heart of God for all the nations of the earth. And that when we turn on the news, our first thought wouldn't be political, but our first thought would be gospel. And that we would have a heart for the people of whatever nation is being discussed. And part of this message today is what we do every single week, and that is we take an offering at our church. And if you're new to our church, know that 13% of everything that comes in today goes to missions here uh, in our nation and to the ends of the earth and to nations and missionaries uh, around the world. And we're grateful for your generosity and we're going to ask that you continue to give well. We're going to encourage greater generosity for many of you as we talk about what our role as a church is in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we're going to jump right in with the Great Commission. And if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard it said, this is the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. (laughs) If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called. And we read in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, this is the words of Jesus, your Savior. Therefore, go and make disciples. And we're going to start here with all nations making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bringing them into the family of God, and then teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Not just winning people to Jesus, but discipling people to be more like Jesus. And so, they're going to make some observations, like five observations about the Great Commission. We're going to come back into this text in a moment for more context. But as we talk about the Great Commission this week and next, and your role in it individually, our role in it corporately, what is our responsibility? And here's the first thing we want to learn from the Great Commission. The Great Commission challenges each and every one of us to have a heart for all nations. And we're just, I hate that we're ending the Olympics today. I've been watching the Olympics. Who's been watching the Olympics? Let me just see your hands. I, I always like to watch it and figure out which sport I should have competed in uh, had I you know, had the time to really train for it. Uh, but Amy and I sat down two weeks ago and we watched the opening ceremonies. I love the opening ceremonies. I don't know why I get emotional when we watch the opening ceremonies. And you're like, well, they just keep walking in. But I just love... The flags of the nations coming in, and then they always give statistics like how many, you know, are in this country, how many athletes are competing from this country, and then, you know, we're all waiting for our country, so our flag comes out, woo, Team USA, we are ready to cheer, and just wipe up all the other nations with the medal count. Uh, 
And it's good, right? We, this is what I love. The Olympics, we're cheering for our nation. But I also love to learn about all the other nations that are walking through. Because these are people that Christ died for. And we're to be taking the gospel to all the nations of the earth. And I just want to, for just a moment, you know, I, I think about when the, the Chinese walked through. And I just, I just paused as preparing this series I hope when you think about China, your first thought as a follower of Christ is nothing political, but is a heart for the gospel and a heart for the people of China, that they would know the Lord. That you would, as you watch the news and as you see world events unfolding, that we know that we have a dual citizenship. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven first, citizens of the United States second, And that when I watch stuff unfolding in the world today, that my heart would be that of God's. That your heart, that you would see all of this through the eyes of God. That you would see his love for the whole world. And by the way, this love for the nations of the earth, it starts in Genesis and goes all the way through Revelation. And I want to talk for a moment, though, to my young friends. Because there's something happening in the church, not just our church, but uh, Big C Church. Uh, it's online quite a bit, and, and I've seen pastors lately. It's a little weird to me that, you know, on 4th of July, when they post a picture of them celebrating the 4th of July, they have to make this big statement that they're not a nationalist and they're not an idolater. And, and I just, I want to help young people for just a second who are right now pushing away from patriotism just a little bit. You can cheer for your country, pledge allegiance to the flag, and sing the national anthem. That does not make you a nationalist or an idolater. I do all of this. I'm a patriotic guy. I love my nation. Okay? Oh, oh. And I love you, Woodland Hills, and I hope that's not the only time you clap today. And I'm I'm serious. I really do. I hope our hearts grow with what Christ is calling us to, going to the nations. I went to Rotary Club a couple of weeks ago to speak, and we pledged allegiance. doesn't make me a nationalist or an idolater. I've been cheering for our country, and my favorite pastime in the Olympics is to sit in my recliner, eat a bowl of cereal while being overly critical of <laughs> Olympic athletes. If you've done it, you've done it. You're snacking, you know, you're 15, 20 pounds overweight. Going on, come on, stick that landing. You, uh, anyway. Uh, but you, you can love your nation. And please hear this, Branson, Missouri, and Woodland Hills Family Church. Love your nation, but have a heart for all the nations of the earth. And I'm going to say one more time, go ahead, do it, do it, lead out on it. And you know who's leading out on that applause today? We just need to be honest and have this conversation. It's young people. It's young people. We want to be united in our, this church family. And you, your heart was there. That you love your nation. And you want a heart for the nations of the earth. So we can, we, we can be patriotic. It, it doesn't affect, we're not nationalists. We're not idolaters. And let's move on to number two. The Great Commission calls us to take the gospel, not just have a heart for all the nations, but to take the gospel to all the nations of the earth. And our prayer in this series is that God is going to call some of you to sell everything 
and leave this nation. You as a single, you married, you with your family, you would sell everything, leave this nation, move to another nation, and give your life to that nation for the sake of the gospel. I have friends who plan on dying in another nation for the sake of the gospel. They're not just going every now and then and doing a little bit here and there. It's like, this is the nation I love. This is the nation I'm giving my life to. They're citizens of the United States, but you know why they're able to say that? Because God has called them there. And it's a word we don't hear a bunch in church anymore. Calling. Calling. It's an important word because I'm working with pastors right now who are leaving churches after the pandemic. They're just done. I was with a a friend last week. I go, are you going to take another church? No, I just think I'm done. Like, what, you're done? And I I told him, I go, if you were called in February 2020, I bet you're still called today. We've always been taught you don't have to show up to every fight you're invited to. But in 2020, we were pretty much expected to show up to every fight we were invited to. Because what you said got you in trouble, what you didn't say got you in trouble. And I told my buddy, this is a terrible time to quit. Are you called? Are you called by God to do what you're doing? And we believe in this series, when we take the Great Commission seriously, there are going to be many of you called to, to go and to go to another nation with the gospel. And you have a church family that wants to send you, that wants to help you go financially, through prayer, and go, and we will support that. And I, I want to again talk to my young friends for just a second because Barna Research recently released this, that 47% of practicing Christian millennials agree at least somewhat that it is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. But when we talk about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, we're talking about you showing up in a foreign land and declaring that Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the light. And we're boldly declaring that. You will get called names. Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember they hated me first. This is not a challenge for us. This is an exhortation to us. That you are going to go and proclaim and we need missionaries who are going, who stand strong on the scripture, who boldly proclaim the gospel no matter, no matter what happens. And people, I know many of you grew up in church where the slideshows came in on Wednesday night for missionaries. Missionaries that gave their lives to a foreign field. And many of them you could tell as they were speaking going, we live under the, the threat of death. We're not guaranteed our lives, but what did Jesus say, right? If you want to gain your life, you must, for the sake of the gospel. The the great commission compels us. It just doesn't challenge us to have a heart for the world, but it compels us to go to all the nations of the earth. And number three, the great commission keeps us from despair and fear. If you're reading Revelation right now and scared, I want to just encourage you as your pastor, you're reading it wrong. You're reading it wrong. It shouldn't lead you to despair and fear. You've heard the old cliche in church. You've read the back of the book. You know how it ends. Mark Lowry, comedian Mark Lowry, who sang with the Gaither Vocal Band. I heard him this week. kind of cracked me up. He said, I grew up in an independent fundamental premillennial King James Virgin Only Baptist Church where we believed in a pre-tribulational rapture. Before you get to the seals, trumpets, and bowls, the church is gone. He said, our pastor died at the third point of his sermon. He had a stroke. I never knew this, Mark the first time I heard him say it, had a stroke in the middle of a sermon. And, and that's kind of how I want to go. Like, right, boom, 
right now so I can blame you uh, for the angst and the anxiety and the blockage. Anyway, uh, he died and see, Mark goes, and so we got a brand new kid out of cemetery who came and spoke and became our pastor. Well, he started preaching. He started preaching that we go through the tribulation. And my mom and dad got so mad, they left. They walked across the street to a church where we would be raptured out. And he said, as a kid, I just kept thinking to myself, those poor people over there, they got to go through the tribulation. That's terrible. To avoid the tribulation, all they got to do is walk across the street. Some of you right now, despair and fear. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> there's so much political stuff I could share now, but I'm trying to be good. Somebody said the other day, you talk too much politically. I'm like, really? I, I, uh, it's good. It's been nice having you. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, but do you remember Ross Perot? Okay. Ross Perot, I was thinking about him this week. All right, we all knew he wasn't going to win and become president, but he was so much fun in the debates, right? It was just fun to watch him. And remember, he loved his little charts, and he'd be like, all right, this is America. This is hell. This is a handbasket. What am I trying to say here? America is going to hell in a handbasket. That's the second applause. This is horrible. And you right there are my favorite member right now. Whatever's going on. I want you to lead out with all. Anyway, but I meet some of you that, that that's, it's where you're at. The great commission, the call of Jesus on our lives, right? Says that we have a plan for a lost and dying world. And it's not despair and fear. It's hope. This is why Jesus said in John 14, 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. I am going to prepare a place for you and I will come back and bring you to be with me. This is why in first Thessalonians chapter four, when we read about the second coming of Christ, when we're and Paul's encouraging the church, not don't be ignorant about those who fall asleep. Don't be ignorant about those who die because we believe Jesus died and rose again. And we believe he will come back for those of us who still are left and remain. And what does he say at the end of that text? Not be fearful of death, Right. Be, be, be on edge and, and live in despair over the second coming. He says, no, encourage one another with these words. We should be reminding, if you're reading Revelation, I told a good friend this week, you need to read Revelation through the pastoral tone of 1 Thessalonians. Because it, we, should be, we shouldn't be online stirring one another up and frustrating each other and living in despair and fear with what the days that we're living in. We followers of Jesus should be encouraging one another. And the Great Commission does that. We can't lose sight of the mission that we have been given. Not the suggestion, but if you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, hope you're encouraged thus far in the message because number four, the Great Commission is not a felt need message. Some of you right now are struggling with a lot of personal issues. And a felt need message is when you come in. A marriage message is a felt need message. A finance message is a felt need message. Uh, anxiety, a message on anxiety. That is a felt need message. And some of you are like, this idea of going to a place that is familiar or unfamiliar, uncomfortable, even dangerous, isn't helping my anxiety right now. But when you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and you live out this great commission, watch what happens in your life. 
When you're on mission, right? We say it all the time. The people that are so consumed with themselves, you know what one of the best antidotes to selfishness is? Serve. Get outside of yourself. This is our mission statement as a church, inspiring the family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. The Great Commission is in the fully devoted peace. That you would be a Great Commission Christian. And this is one I really been thinking a lot about watching the Olympics. The Great Commission reminds us that there's a big world outside of this town. And I've pastored here 20 years, and you know it, from fishing to just everything Ozarks and my passion for country music. I am where God has called me to be. I'm 100% where God's called me to be. I love this town. But some of you have moved to this town to get away from scary states, from scary places. And I just want to ask during this series, I mean, what if God calls someone from our church to California? <laughs> Look at what happened in there. Oh, I would never. They would be, but guess what? Renee Schlepfer was here in June and he said it. We need people taking the gospel to California. I was just in New York. I'm shocked at the number of you. We go on vacation here. We love New York. We love the diversity. We love the food. We love everything about it. And I hear from so many of you, I would never want to go there. I'm like, okay. But what if God calls you there? And I'm going to start praying he does. <laughs> I mean, it, right? I love, listen, this is what I love about country music. I was thinking about this week. Man, and we sing it. How catch them, right? Small town, Saturday night. It's a, Sam Hunt, you break up in a small town, right? And the famous friend song that's out, it's about famous friends in your small town and, and Rascal Flats. I miss Mayberry. I mean, all, country music is small town. I want us to see there is a big world outside of this small town. And Woodland Hills in this little town, Branson, Missouri, in the heart of America, God can use this church to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. He can use this church. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. That's not me. That is the Lord's work. I just, that was right there at the level of patriotism, which just thrills my soul. He can use this church and he can use you. But the thing, there's a couple things on context we want with the Great Commission. Go back to verse 16 of Matthew 28. And this is key. Then the 11 disciples. Very important to see that the Great Commission was given to a group, not an individual. We have an individual responsibility, but we have a collective responsibility. You know what this means? That the Great Commission doesn't mean we need a bunch of Lone Ranger Christians. We don't. You know what the Great Commission means? I am supposed to cheer on Mike this morning as he preaches at Bloom. I should be cheering him on. I should be cheering on Jeremy as he preaches at First Baptist. Why? Because collectively, the Great Commission is on all of us. I should be cheering on other believers as they go. This is why when I have friends that go, I need to make the biggest kingdom impact as possible individually. And and I'm just like, but but when you stand before God, is he going to say, you know, you shared the gospel with a million people. I had two million in plan. I mean, is that that what you're going to stand before the Lord with one day? Or that you did your part within taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? Because this church doesn't support missionaries in every nation 
Well, that's the thing I love about watching the Olympics, right? We, we learn about nations we didn't even know existed. We're like, that's a nation? Yeah, so we're not in every nation, but the church, together, working together, we're taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we get to be a part of that. To the, he, they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This next part, very important, the authority to go. We're not just called to go. We're not just told to go, but Jesus goes with us. We go in the authority of the name of Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I've been to several funerals in the last few years. And the graveside service for our veterans gets me every single time. And I was trying to process through this week why, other than just the sheer sacrifice that they've made for our country, why is it when they take the flag off of the casket and begin folding it, and then and, and all the care that's given to that moment, but when they walk over, and every, you can hear a pin drop, it's silent. And when they walk over to the family member and say, on behalf of the president of the United States and a grateful nation. It, it, when that is said, it, to me, it's almost as though the president is there, is what that feels like. Because he is representing the president. Listen, we have such a calling that when we go to a place that many of us, like the reason I come back to Branson, I minister in a very familiar place. You know why? You look like me. You speak my language. You enjoy Cracker Barrel like I do. (laughs) And we share similar customs. And God's going to call some people to familiar places. But God's also going to call people to unfamiliar places and uncomfortable places. Not only that, he's going to call people to dangerous places. Like there will be some missionaries today as we share with you in a moment and raise the awareness of the missionaries that this church supports. There are some missionaries that will not be on the screen because they serve in countries that they they can't disclose why they are there. They're in dangerous places. We read this in Acts 1, 7 through 8. Bob Dotson, our missionary in Tanzania, we were going back and forth on emails this week. And he said, often, Ted, when people read Acts 1, 7 through 8, which is where we're going to start with in next week's message, he goes, they often think geography with Jesus sending out the disciples. But it's not geography. It's being sent, the Great Commission, calling us to go to familiar places, starting in familiar places, then going to uncomfortable places, And going to dangerous places. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. We're going with the authority of Jesus. In Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. Places that are similar but different. And to the ends of the earth. What we're called to. And getting back to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, we've talked a lot about having a heart for the nations, but what are we to do when we go to the nations? Well, we're called to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bringing them into the fellowship of God's family, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, Jesus said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
We're called to make disciples. What does that mean? Well, here's five purposes that we want to teach each disciple. One, a disciple baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're part of God's family. We lead them to Christ. And we tell them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. If you will call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, you will be saved and become part of God's family. A disciple is one who worships, knows, loves, and worships God. So fellowship, worship, discipleship. We don't just want to go into the nations of the earth and lead people to Christ and leave, right? A a missionary is one who goes, leads people to Christ, and then disciples them, walks alongside them, teaches them what it means to be like Jesus, teaching them everything he has commanded us. A disciple is one who serves those inside and outside the church, ministry. One of the things you'll find with missionaries is, and I love about Bob and Dee Dotson, they train pastors. They plant churches, but as soon as they possibly can, they put a national pastor in that church as the lead pastor, as the senior pastor, to walk alongside, to say, this is not just about becoming part of God's family and learning and studying It's about serving and putting your gifts and your passion and your calling to work for the kingdom. And a disciple is one who shares the gospel with the lost. So what as a church can we do with this great commission as we make disciples of all nations? It starts for us with needing to pray for our missionaries. You think we've had a difficult year? Be a missionary on a foreign field right now during this season. I met with one of the missionaries we supported Uh, This year, who was here, he's a missionary to Kenya. He was here in January, and he was planning on going back in January. But, I mean, it was positive COVID tests after positive COVID tests. In Kenya, right above Tanzania, these two countries handled the pandemic. I mean, Kenya, strict lockdown. Tanzania, very wide open. And so he had to have a negative test to get back. And it's not easy to to not have a home in the U.S. and just kind of be floating between people and you helped get through that time. It's a difficult season, a challenging season. One of the things this church does that I love and we've done for 20 years is we care uh, for the, the families and the marriages of our missionaries. Uh, missions work is very challenging, as you can imagine. Some people will go to the field and spend the first year or two just learning the language. And you, through your generosity, have given to allow missionaries to take a one or two week vacation just to get away and unwind a little bit as a family. I was telling a friend this year, I think that's where we are in the next year. I told a buddy of mine to stop reading articles about how to grow your church. I don't think we're in a church growth season as the church. I think we're in a soul care season as a church. Pastors don't need a seminar right now on how to add more numbers. They need a seminar on how to stay in ministry and how not to leave and how to know their calling and how to care for their souls and be reminded of what God has called them to and what he had called them to still in February of 2020 and not allowing this season that we've been in to get them into drift. They need us to pray for them. But what we want to do, a big part of this series is... um, Raising the awareness, 
letting you know who our missionaries are so you can pray for them. And some of you, uh, this will all be on our website. So I mean, some of you, are, uh, many came to me after the first service wanting to know all of them so they could begin praying for them by name each day. But uh, we asked our missionaries to send us these videos and then Chris edited them. Mackenzie and Katie did a great job putting this together. And we want to share it with you so that you can be encouraged and know how to pray for those that, that we have in our nation and to the nations of the earth. Well, hello to all of our friends at Woodland Hills. I'm Kelly Miller with Cross International, and we get the privilege and the pleasure to be longtime partners of you all in mission and sharing God's love. Uh, as you know, we get to work together in Haiti with Divine Shelter Schools, or DSS for short, uh, that network of 13 schools and serving over 4,000 children, highly at-risk kids every year with education and nutritious meals. And together with you, we partner in sharing God's love in so many tangible ways for these kids. Hey guys, my name is Jeff Hart with Project Hope. Uh, we have uh, been serving uh, for over 20 years, bringing hope to those that are poor in the communities and families in Nicaragua and Haiti. This is Nick Robbins and Sophie. And we're with Returning Home in Northwest Arkansas. We work with men and women coming from incarceration. We're Ray and Laura Pittman. We live in Fiji. We've been here for 20 years. We have a ministry called Island Encounters. I'm Pat Kershaw with International Students Incorporated, and I have been working with them for 60 years, and I retired five years ago. Hello, we are Bob and Dee Dodson. We are your missionaries to Tanzania, East Africa. We work with training, pastors and church planters and also we do extensive youth outreach in a camp program. Hey there Woodland Hills family we are Brad and Sarah Hutchcraft and we oversee the ministry called On Eagle's Wings which is all about equipping and empowering Native American young people to be messengers of hope to their people all across the U.S. and Canada. We are missionaries to the country of Haiti with Harvest International based out of Ocala, Florida. You know, Cross International, we're so thankful for our partnership with all of you at Woodland Hills. It's, it's been a long-standing partnership and one that has had so much impact on so many lives of children, not just children, but also families and communities in Haiti over the years that we've, that we've partnered together. And at Cross right now, this season in our life, uh, there's some incredibly wonderful things going on. Uh, we serve in 12 countries around the world, and well over 50 to 60,000 people a year receiving the critical aid of, of, of nutritious food and clean water and safe shelter and education, medical care. Our mission is caring for the physical and spiritual needs of people in our part of the Currently, we are focused on home building and clean water projects. International Students Incorporated is a ministry with an outreach to international students who come to our country from all over the world. We help train the students and the, the staff helps train people in the community to help meet the needs, the spiritual and emotional and the physical needs of students. These are the things that we do for them and they often ask us, why do you do it? And we tell them because Jesus has told us to love the stranger within our gates. Over this last week, we've uh, distributed over uh, nearly uh, 750 uh, packs of food uh, through our uh, pastors, our rural pastors, uh, to families there that are in need of, of food, uh, not only because of the pandemic, but because of 
uh, the lack of food because of uh, the political unrest that's going on there. We have had a great, great camp season. Last year, seeing over 30,000 that, that uh, heard the gospel because of this. And this year already in 2021, we have surpassed what we did last year. And we're only to the middle of the year. So God is doing. So when you pray for us, pray for wisdom. We continue to grow in our training, including a new leadership center that we are building specifically for these young people at our headquarters. And so we would just ask that you would continue to pray for us, that we would have wisdom to navigate these things, and that we would be able to come alongside them and provide the help and support that they need each step of the way. Thank you to Woodland Hills and to our family there for being part of what God is doing in Native America. Families can cultivate a heart for the nations by learning about different countries, by corresponding with the missionaries and subscribing to their different prayer updates and praying for them, as well as maybe writing a letter to one of the students that they sponsor overseas. There are a number of ways that parents can encourage their children to be aware of missions around the world. Discussion, discussion, discussion. Uh, during your meals, you can take a moment to pray for a particular missionary each evening um, and then just have free discussion about the ministries of each of those missionaries that you support uh, in your church. I grew up in Africa and it's incredibly important to me that my children grow up with a view beyond our community beyond even the Native American ministry we do to see what God is doing around the world. So I've done a lot of different things as they've grown up, but we try to always encourage praying for communities and what, what's happening around the world. There's a website called prayercast.com where I have every day go there and pray for the country that they recommend. We look at, at world maps and just try to be engaged on a world level with the challenges that are happening and the amazing things God is doing around the world. There are so many different opportunities and ways that you can partner with us. Uh, you can help bring and give hope every single day uh, to people in need, to families and communities in Nicaragua and Haiti. Some of those different ways is pray. You can pray uh, for our staff, our staff that's on site that's helping give hope through the various ministries each and every day. You can pray for them and their families. Uh, the second thing you can do is go. Uh, we send mission teams uh, all throughout the year uh, to both countries. The third thing is that you can give. Um, you can give to help support those ministries through our Hope 365 uh, program, uh, but also you can help give uh, through child sponsorships um, as well that we have at the at the dump um, ministry at uh, in Nicaragua. As the people of God, we are called to pray, give, and to go make disciples of Jesus from our neighborhoods to the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. And, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Part of being united on mission as the church is through participating in the Great Commission by taking the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I, I love the practical takeaways from that. So continue to pray for our missionaries, but we want to continue to give and we want to continue to give well. You can hit the give online now button uh, to make your gift today. You can give in the boxes on the way as you leave today, but your generosity, uh, we support two ways primarily. We have missionaries that we've supported with monthly support for almost 20 years. That's one way we support ongoing missions, people that are going. And remember, missions is a long game. 
making disciples is not a one-week project. It is, it is a long game, and that's why we're saying for many of you during this series that God would call you to give your life uh, to missions. And, and as we give, that's one way. Another, another way we give is one-time gifts. There are times uh, needs come to us from missionaries, uh, like our friend in Kenya who was trying to get back to Kenya but was stuck in the States for about four or five months. It was an opportunity for you to be generous. And so, no, we give to Care for Kids here locally. We give to a lot of local ministries. We give to national ministries. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. We want to make sure this church is always positioned and passionate uh, for the gospel to go way beyond our borders. And then the last one, which we've shared quite a bit, we need to send missionaries from this church. Travis Bronner is our elder over missions, and we talked about it even again this morning after the first service, that if God is calling you, maybe this has been something you and your spouse uh, have been working through, you and your family have been talking uh, about for some time, uh, but through the last year, it just it didn't seem like the right timing. But you, you don't know if you even have the support or the encouragement to go. Our prayer team is going to be down front uh, after the service today, uh, passionate about missions. If I look out and see Don and Cheryl uh, spent uh, decades of their lives encouraging mis- missionaries and encouraging the marriages of missionaries, uh, please come forward. Talk to someone. Uh, let us uh, be a church that sends you. And when we say send, we mean significantly. We don't mean just, hey, we're going to pray for you. It's like we want to gather around you, help how we can financially, uh, prepare you with whatever mission organization that you will go out with. And we, we want to be that church. And I can say over 20 years, we have sent missionaries out, but being a sending church has not been enough of our focus. And I know this is one area where God is stretching us and leading us. So we can give, we can pray, but we can also go. Uh, I know where I'm called. I know what God has called me to do. Uh, what has God called you to do? Do you know that? Have you prayed through that? You're like, Ted, I'm here in Branson. I'm here for a while. I just moved here to get out of a bad state. Uh, Why would you tell me to be going back? I'm not telling you to go back. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you to listen to the voice of God and listen for that calling in your life. What is God calling you to do as we go to the ends of the earth as a church? Would you stand as we close out our time in prayer today? Father, we are grateful for uh, the work that you're doing from Tanzania to Haiti uh, to Indonesia and Fiji uh, to Nicaragua to Kenya uh, to all the nations where we have missionaries who are faithfully serving. We pray for them today. We pray for their marriages. We pray for their families. We pray that as they continue to do the work of making disciples And as they come under attack, we ask that you protect them from evil, that you fulfill your purpose in their calling and in their lives. And I pray that as they need help and encouragement, this will be a church known for that. When they have needs that are presented, we are able to meet those needs. Uh, Continue uh, to comfort them, encourage them in the midst of their ministry. And for those who serve nationally in our church, Uh, as they travel the country serving and reaching people and making disciples. Uh, 
I pray for this church to continue uh, to be a support network for them and that we would see many people from our church uh, over the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of years, called to go and to give their lives for the gospel uh, in this nation, in this town, and to the ends of the earth. For the one who's never placed faith in Jesus, that today would be the day uh, they confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that he has been raised from the dead. Uh, that they would be saved, that they would call out to you. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, we pray all of this. Amen.